everyone. Welcome to another episode of Chandelier Chats. I'm your host, Rochelle LaCour. Today, we have a returning guest, Arthur Tassinello, who is an author, speaker, and relationship counselor. And today, we are going to be touching on a very sensitive subject. We are going to be talking about God and why God's name is so hard to say. So please join me in welcoming Arthur back to the show. Welcome back. It's so nice to have you here again. How are you? I am awesome, and I am so glad that you and I got to chat a little bit before we started this, because it really, the most important part is it led us into being very candid, very open about relationships, mm -hmm. feelings, and that place that is in our heart where it's so important to be in all the time. I'll start off with this because this is the message. The foundation of everything in life is love. And where does love come from? Love comes from God. Mm -hmm. And so, as I said to you before, before we got on the air, I may be blubbering all over the place because this touches me so deeply. Mm -hmm. When in 2009, when my life totally fell apart, and that actually fell together at the same time, which is we'll get into. When I say fell apart, that um, my wife had left me probably about six or eight months before that. And then because of the business that I was in, I lost my business because of the housing downturn. And then, of course, I had no money, so I lost my house as well. And if it weren't for a few friends and some family members with that I know I could either sleep on their couch or get a room with them for a little while. Um, I, I would have been on the street just like a lot of homeless people are today, unfortunately. But God said, I knew I needed to do something different. I didn't know what it was. I knew I didn't want to get back into that business again or any business because it just, it was maybe just too grueling, too intense. And I wanted to be able to connect more with me and understand my life and also then hopefully connect the dots for other people as well. So I started writing and God would give me messages every day, something to write about. And the interesting part about this is that I often didn't want to mention God because I feel like, I felt like, well, you know, not everybody believes in God although they may believe in other gods, so to speak, or other idols and so forth. And I felt like I didn't want, not only not want to offend them, but I felt like alienating them in that way, right from the beginning, they wouldn't read the important stuff that was in the book that I felt was important. So I started it out with talking about, let's talk about science, quantum physics. Most people are interested in that. It can align with, oh, yeah, science is great. Uh, there's four dimensions, 10 dimensions. There's M theory. There's all these different things around science. But I also wanted to connect, and I called it spirituality. Again, not wanting to mention God and how the life began and how the world began. So I put in the beginning of the book, look, I want you to see how spirituality and science are connected. They're almost the same. They're virtually on the same page as how the world began, the Big Bang. 
Now, whether you think the Big Bang was a science project or the Big Bang was from God, that would be up to you to decipher, I guess, at that point in time. So I went into that leading into the middle to the end of the book was all about how, whether you believe in God or not, even though I say in the book that I believe in God, and I say that, okay, so you don't have to, but you can still be a good person by doing all of these things and to be more heart-centered and to be, and, and all of my books, it's even that all of them are about compassion and care and love and being present and thoughtful. And did I say compassion? I'm not even sure, but maybe I need to say that a few times. Maybe yeah. have, have empathy to be able to walk a mile in somebody else's shoes. Mm. I'm going to stop for a second because I think it's important to note this very powerful distinction in my life. So I'm going to go back a little bit into Arthur in his 20s, Arthur getting married at 21, having a son at 23, getting divorced at 27, and being a part-time dad. And being a part-time dad, I, for me, it was still all about success, money. If I get more money, I can do more things. I can give more to people and to, to myself, blah, 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 blah. All the same story that we typically hear about thinking that success is money. And we'll get into that in a little bit. So at, and we were living in New Jersey. And then I moved to Manhattan. My son would come to Manhattan to see me. And then at 13, I moved to Southern California. And I'm going, well, you know, he's 13, just about 14 now. He's pretty grown. He can handle this. That'll be okay. That'll be okay for him because I need to go do this. So as much as I cared for him, I didn't care enough. And I cared more about me and what was going on in my life. So I'm in California and I'm having a good time, I'm not married. I'm not thinking about getting married. I'm not thinking about having any more children because at that time, now it's, I'm there about four years, he's 18. And if you can imagine this, if you could put yourself right now in the middle of a shopping center in Southern California, again, not married, not thinking about getting, not dating anybody that I'm thinking about ma marrying, not thinking about having any more kids. I said these words to God. I said, I want you to know that if you give me another chance, if I have another child, I want you to know it's going to be 100% different. Mm -hmm. So God in his infinite wisdom <laughs> two years later, says, you're going to marry her and she's going to have a child. And that was my gift because not many people get a second chance at mm. things in life. And so God has gifted me in a lot of ways, not what just being able to sit down and write, but even way back when taking care of me in some way, which I had never really recognized. And to give me a daughter who I am so close to, so in love with, who is now 30, 
she'll be 30 at the end of this year, that I miss dearly because she's living in Boise, Idaho now because when, <laughs> so we were all in California together and then in 2016, she eloped and got married to this really great guy. Decided They decided to move to Florida and they said, well, God, I guess I'm going to Florida. So here I am in Florida and now they moved to Boise. So now I have to consider whether I'm going to move to Boise. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a choice. <laughs> so, so, and I tell you this story because I want everybody to know the power the power of God, the power if you believe in him, if you, ha if you have a good heart and you want to do the right things in life and you care about everybody, not just yourself, it changes not only your life, but it changes the lives of so many other people. Because mm -hmm. I know that when I touch people today, I touch them with love and I know that they're going to start to touch somebody else with love, even if it's just for a moment. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just a word, just a word. or a smile. Right. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so here's an example. Today, I had to bring my car and somebody backed into my car. I had to bring it to the collision center. I had to go to Enterprise to get a car. And I'm there for quite a while. And the guy comes up to me and he goes, geez, I'm really sorry. You know, it's taken so long, blah, blah, blah. I said, look, it, it, it's okay, right? It, this isn't your fault. It's just, just what's happening. It's really okay. I'm going to survive this hour. <laughs> the end of my life or something. Mm -hmm. And as he was walking away, I said, I hope you have a better day. So I know that'll touch somebody. And I don't touch them for effect. I touch them from heart because I want them to know that they're okay. Yeah. Whatever they're doing, they're okay. And that they deserve a good day. So that's what my life is built around. And I feel so grateful to God to have and give me that ability and that knowledge to be to do this. Because it fulfills me probably more than the people I'm touching. And I am so grateful for that. Mm -hmm. So we need more God in our lives. Absolutely. I think it's interesting what I learned from you today. <laughs> what did you learn today, Arthur? <laughs> Here's what I learned from Michelle, Michelle today, folks. Yoga. You got to check that out because it's not really God-centered. Nope. You, you say it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here we go. Uh, it was revealed to me that certain practices founded in uh, old ancient Hindu teachings, there, I have no qualms, no issues with ancient, any teachings, Hindu, Egyptian, otherwise. It, but it was revealed to me that each asana, each yogi posture incites and invokes a different God or deity. And when you are practicing these postures, when you are practicing these asanas, you are invoking for these deities or these smaller gods. And what happens when you do that is you take your focus off of the one true God and you begin to practice idolatry. So when you practice an asana, 
say sun warrior, warrior one or whatever the postures are. I don't, I don't even know the names. When you go into those postures, you are worshiping that God. You are putting energy into that God. You are removing your focus from the one true God and you are practicing idolatry, which is, I mean, scripture talks about how like human beings, people are built to worship. And there's a reason why there was so much destruction of certain people and certain cultures throughout the scriptures because they were I, they were worshiping golden calves. They were building the Tower of Babel. They were worshiping anything other than God. And when you worship anything other than God, you are not connecting with God. And people think that, oh, well, I'm connected to the divine. I'm divinely protected. Don't be a fool. Do not be a fool because the dark one the prince of this world will disguise himself as an angel of light. And I say this from my own experience. I had spirit guides. I had people's dead babies talking to me. I had people's dead parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and whatever, and animals talking to me. And all of it was demonic activity. That is called spiritual warfare. And when you open the door to that, you have no idea what is coming in. And I'm getting goosebumps even just talking about it right now because the, the unknown there is very dangerous. And to worship anything other than God, to ask for, for protection from anyone other than God, for example, say you're using crystals for protection, that's considered idolatrous because you're, you're not believing in the strength and power of his might, which is greater than all that has been created and all that ever will be created. And I think that people get that a little bit backwards. Sometimes they think, oh, I need incense to clear my space or I need to sage the room or I need to spray my house with apple cider vinegar. No, you don't. You need to stand firm in who you are. You need to find your identity and your freedom in Christ. And you need to stand firm and know that you are a child of God, period. And these things cannot touch you, period. But when you engage in these activities, when you've experienced trauma, if you've experienced loss, you have subconsciously or consciously created a legal landing strip, whether you wanted to or not. You've created a legal landing strip within your soul. And what that means is with a legal landing strip, that means that you have something in common with the demonic forces. Because there is a story in the scripture that talks about when Jesus is out on one of the, the lakes and the lake is violent, but Jesus is sleeping in the boat and he's with his disciples and the water is violent and they wake him up. They're like, master, master, wake up. Like we're going to go, we're going to sink or, you know, they, they didn't have faith. And Jesus says, muzzle yourself. And the sea whew, calmed because it was the spirit of legion. So in particular in the story, they were talking about the spirit of legion which is still rampant spirit of legion, just so you know, can cause pandemics. Just going to throw that out there. The sea or the lake calmed itself because spirit of legion has to obey Christ because Christ has dominion over this world. Satan may be the prince of this world, but God has given the earth to Jesus to have dominion and for it to be his kingdom. And so the reason why I share this is because when you create a legal landing strip, whether someone put it there via, you know, doing terrible things to you, um, you know, molesting you as a child or abusing you as a child or, you know, uh, murdering someone or doing something, you know, totally atrocious, it creates common ground 
for them. And that's how they, that's how they begin to infiltrate your life. It opens a spiritual door. And it's not a door that you can visit. You cannot visibly see it. You cannot visibly see this door. And what you need to do is you need to go back and you need to repent and you need to renounce those things. You need to say, I renounce having practiced idolatrous ways. I renounce having meditated on anything other than the word of God. And I should also clarify, there's a difference between meditation to reach an altered state, which is a satanic practice. You can look it up. I believe it's on lucifer.com. It's in the list. Uh, versus meditating or pondering on the word of God. There's a really big difference there. And so I'm not sure if that brings some clarity, but it's really important that we start having these conversations because there are a lot of people who are afraid to say anything other than the universe. And my question I like to ask those people is, if God is the one true creator, if he created the heavens and the earth and everything in between, and he created the universe. Why would you ask the universe for something and not God? And I'll leave you with that question. That's perfect. And thank you for clarifying all of that. You certainly clarified it for me before we started this podcast. And I'm glad that you repeated it because it sinks in and, and everybody needs to know this. We all need to know this because there's only one place for us to be. And that is based in love through God, mm -hmm. through Jesus Christ. That's it. And they will give us the power to heal ourselves and, and help heal the world, which is my platform and my passion is to have love and peace in this world. But talk about, I don't know if I've said this to you before, talking about this uh, at a at a uh, holistic education foundation meeting. Um, it was, it's always fun for me because for some reason, I'm the only guy that shows up with all of these women for these, all these meetings <laughs> that women can gather together and in solidarity and help them help each other and so forth. And men just don't get that. Yeah. Well, definitely. <laughs> not, not all men of course but most men, yeah unfortunately. a lot of men yeah i don't know how i got on but i got on this subject and i said did you realize that you we could actually have peace in the world and they went what are you what are you talking about i said okay so and i went over to cat o'connor who's next and standing next to me and i said look let's say cat and i make friends with Lori and Stephanie today. There's four of us now, right? We're friends and care for each other and we love each other. Then the four of us go out the next day and we do the same thing. So now there's eight. So follow along with me because as you go through each day, you can count the days as I'm telling you what the multiplication is. So we go from eight to 16 to 32, to 64, to 128, to 256, to 512, to 1024, and so on. So then I asked the question, I got to about 1024 or 2048. And I said, so how many people do you think that we will have made friends with collectively in 33 days? And so there were people who said, oh, I don't know. 2,000, 
5,000. I was already at 2,000 at day five or something. Mm -hmm. 10,000. I said, so stick this number in your head because it's more than all the people in this world right now. It's over 8 billion, 300 million people in 33 days. So now while you may say that it's impossible, I will say that it's maybe improbable, but it is still doable if we all got on the same page with wanting or having the desire to have love and peace in the world. That is my platform. I'm sticking to it. I'm not going to get off of that. <laughs> yeah, it's very powerful what can happen in not just in the world, but in your own personal community when you decide to make love the premise of, of everything, when you decide to have love be the foundation of what you build upon nothing there's no force on earth in my opinion that is greater than love and god is love and he works he works through us there's a reason why you meet people and you instantly love them you instantly care for them that is that is god tethering you together saying hey you need to know this person you need to get to know this person you're feeling that love feeling because they're feeling that love feeling you don't know what it is but you're gonna fight you're gonna figure it out and to me, anytime I feel that, I always know it's a good thing because I know I'm either gonna I'm either gonna win something or I'm gonna learn something, and it's usually both. That's right. So, so there is no there is no losing. I'm either winning or I'm learning, and those are blessings that are are innumerable in, and they're they're invaluable as well. They're totally invaluable. And to your point about how things expand, how they quantify. They say that you are three people or four people away from knowing every single person on the planet. Yeah. You know, to to really emphasize the numbers and how you just shared that. You know, there there are sometimes when I share some of my stories and people will go, actually, you know so and so. I'm like, yeah. How do you know so and so? I just had it happen this morning. I went out for a walk with a bunch of gals. I'd never met them before. They know two whole groups that I like that I'm involved in, and I've never crossed paths with them. We've been in the same place at the same time, never crossed paths until today. Right. And that is just the way things work sometimes, and it's such a gift when that happens. It is. Yeah. It's always a gift when you just, again, when you come from, if you're a loving person, and whatever's going on, whoever you're meeting, if, if that energetic love comes from you, they'll, they feel it. Mm -hmm. There's no tension about it. There's no tension about what you're doing, regardless of what it is. Mm -hmm. The woman that backed into my car, I went, it's okay. That's why they call them accidents. It's, it's all right. Mm -hmm. We'll just exchange information and we'll go about it. But no, now, now go have a, yeah. have a better day. And I know, <laughs> and I know the differences because I know what I was like when they say, there's this old proverb, right? A leopard, you can't change a leopard's spots and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Leopards don't change their spots. I'll show you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you. Because mm -hmm. this leopard doesn't have any spots anymore. Yeah. And maybe a few, right? Yeah. A few marks that you take with you as reminders. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just some memorabilia. <laughs> That's right. Remember that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. You learned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Which brings me to my question about why it, why is it so hard for people to say the name of God? Why do you think there's so much stigma around having conversations about God? I have my own thoughts about this, but I would like to hear from you first. Something happened probably, I want to say I saw it happen. Maybe it was starting to happen before then, probably was. But I started to see it happening back in the 70s where it wasn't, sure, people would go to church and they would say their penance or ask God for help on Sunday and as soon as they walked out of church, it was like, you son of a bitch, why'd you cut me off? Yeah. That's, that's another thing. Yeah. So people started to get into this talk about spirituality because God was hard to talk about for some reason. I still mm-hmm. can't explain why. And then, so now this whole thing about spirituality has morphed. It has morphed into yoga. It has morphed into idolatry. It's morphed into so many things because now we're comfortable and we believe, we believe that spirituality is God, but it's not the same thing. And that's where you were talking about because he below will lead you to believe that that's true and not be able to say the name of God. Because he doesn't want that to happen. Because even the name alone has enough power to make him wither. Yes, absolutely. So that's when I saw it happening. And that's when there were lots of books. I mean, there were a lot of books that came out with really great messages, but still no one really talking about God and saying, this comes from God. Mm-hmm. And so I've kind of put my foot down more so than in the past to be able to speak about God. And again, for me, it was more about maybe I can engage more people if I don't say that to alienate somebody, but it's almost like, but God wants you to talk about him. God wants you to speak his name because mm-hmm. it's so important in the world. Mm-hmm. And this, this conversation between us the, before this and even now just continues to solidify the importance of that. It's a very lonely life without him and it is no life without him. Exactly. And I can tell you from my own experience why I've found it so hard to talk about God. Because I associate God with church and I associate church with hypocrites. And that was the problem. I had the wrong association. I I was also young and I was malleable. I didn't know. And I was impressionable. I didn't have strong role models growing up. So for me, you know, I, I looked to people in the church and all I saw was cliques and people who were rich and fancy and dressed nicely on Sundays, you know, giving what I could into the offering plate and then them sending tallies home to my mom after the month and my mom shaming us for, for putting so little in because that's all we had. And she's like, why would, why would you just not put anything in? Like, this is embarrassing. You know, so there was that coupled with not being invited to to functions because the members of the church only wanted to associate with other members of the church who were wealthy or who were farmers or who were whatever. So I had the wrong association. I associated hypocrites and the church with God, which it was never about the people. 
It was never about the building. It was never about the sermon. It was never about the pastor. It was about God, but I didn't know that. And nobody told me that. It took me 22 years to figure that out. And Arthur and I are having this conversation to hopefully spare you guys <laughs> taking 22 plus years to figure this out. Yeah, when I went searching, I searched for everything. I had no idea what I was actually searching for was God. And I remember in 2015, when my mom passed away, I was heading home for my first Christmas with my family and I phoned my sister and I said, I think I, I think I want to go back to church. I think I want to try and find a church. And you know what she did? She talked me out of it. She said, I, I think you should just take a yoga class or something. You'll, you'll feel a lot better. That's more aligned with you. There I was being deceived again by someone who didn't even know they were deceiving me. They just thought they were being helpful. But that's how sneaky and slippery the deceptive one is. Disguises himself as an angel of light. Disguises himself as someone who loves you and cares about you. He speaks through their mouths, through their actions, through their words. And I can tell you from my own experience, there are some times where I have done or said something and it was not me doing or saying that thing. And that might sound totally crazy. And two weeks ago, somebody probably would have wrapped me up in a straitjacket and shoved me into one of those places. They would have stuck me in an asylum, but my husband knew what was going on because he, he's, he's been watching me go through this for the last two years and he knew exactly what to do. And we have great support and community. And I can tell you, when you break free from this stuff, you don't know what freedom's like until you break free from it. It's interesting. I really didn't quite equate that because um, I grew up Catholic. My husband too. My, my mom never went to church, but my dad would go. Mm-hmm. Not sure why, but he would go and he would take us and I became an altar boy. Mm -hmm. But what really, I started to get turned off actually at a very early age, even though I still went to church because I was before kindergarten, I was with the nuns and the nuns were very mean. Uh -huh. They were not lovable at all. And so that was a turnoff. But then again, I, so when I got to high school, I was my own person. I didn't have to go to church. I didn't have to do any of that stuff. I mm -hmm. became a non-believer of everything. Yep. Or maybe just not, or maybe not so much a non-believer, but it's like, why bother? Why bother with anything? Yep. So it's been a very long circuitous route for me. As much as I believed in God and talked to him, I would have those times of like, why? Everything sucks. Why? But again, I'll go, I'll go back to that most pivotal moment of me asking God for a second chance. Mm -hmm. And that was huge. And it, it'll always be huge in my life. Yeah. Because there isn't a bigger gift that he could have given me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what a blessing. What a blessing. It's, it's absolutely huge. I, I know sometimes my daughter gets embarrassed because I, she studies the Bible fervently, her and her husband. I love where they they live basically when I say live in them in their hearts and with God and with Jesus. But sometimes she gets embarrassed when I say, you're my biggest gift in life. She is. It's true. She's your reminder that God heard your prayer and he, she's your reminder that you were given another chance. And I think people are also estranged from God because they feel like they can't ask for that. And I had a series of events that I could not explain away that let me know that God is real. 
And I didn't realize this. I really, honestly, I was ignorant to the fact that this is what was going on until a few weeks ago. First of all, that, that winter that my mom passed away, 2015, when I was driving home, I was in a snowstorm on a single lane, two-way highway. And I thought to myself, I better put my truck in four by four, just, just in case, because it's, it's pretty icy out. I couldn't see, you know, past the windshield of my truck. I was driving really slow because it was a whiteout. It was a blizzard. And I just reach over to turn the knob. My truck spun out on black ice into oncoming traffic. Oh my God. And it stopped dead. And I, I remember looking out my driver's side window to the left. All I saw was two semi headlights coming at me and I was in direct line. And all I said to myself was, I guess this is where I go. And something shoved my truck so hard forward that I hit the, the steering wheel and the semi just nipped the back end of my truck, just nipped it, nipped the back end, spun me around. And then the nose of my truck danced with the second semi that was right behind it. And as that semi passed and my truck did its final spin and landed in the ditch, another car came from behind. And then there were no vehicles for a good 10 minutes. And then about 30 vehicles passed me all at once. And I didn't know if I should cry or if I should crap myself. So I cried because that's easier to clean up. (laughs) (laughs) And I I got out of my truck. I was in what I'm wearing now. I was in a tank top and and a pair of comfortable pants and I looked at the damage and I couldn't figure out what had happened because I was still processing the fact that I was like still living and breathing and my heart was still beating. And, and I was like, like, what just happened here? And anyway, long story short, somebody pulled over, saw me standing out there in a tank top in a snowstorm, (laughs) pulled over, no cell phone reception. Um, Turns out it was somebody, somebody that I was destined to meet. I was destined to meet this person and he, he drove me into cell phone reception, called for a tow truck, waited with me uh, to, to get the tow truck and, uh, you know, gave me a place to stay for the night because the snowstorm wouldn't let up. Once he got my, my truck and my tire fixed, uh, he sent me on my way and, and said, you know, you're welcome to stay. He bought me a hot meal. I didn't know what to do. And I was like, well, I can at least, I can at least pay for, for dinner. And he was like, no, I won't hear of it. Like, he's like, you've literally been through hell today. I was like, okay, thank you. Earlier this year, January, I was walking my dogs in the field in the snow, just enjoying the beautiful snowfall we were having. And I was like, okay, God, I'm really lost right now. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know if I'm in the right place. I know I'm married to the right person. At least I can say that. And I, I, you know, I have all of these great things, but I, I feel really lost. I feel really confused. I feel depressed. I feel like I don't have a purpose. And I just want you to know that I want you to show me what I'm supposed to be doing in this life and take away anything I'm not supposed to be doing. And I said, and, and I ask you humbly, like, I don't care how painful it is. Do it. I'm ready. That night, my husband and I prayed before we went to bed. And not even 24 hours after I had prayed by myself, I get this email kicking me out of an esoteric school that I was participating in. And I was shocked. I was like, what just happened here? Like, what? Like, what? What is going on? I was so confused. And then it clicked in my head. I heard the voice. I heard God. 
And he's like, you asked me to remove things that you don't need. This is one of them. And we got, my husband and I got on the phone with some friends. They prayed over us. And it was like all of this anxiety and this anger and this hurt was not mine. It was the things like the attachments. There was attachments there that had come from the school, from the stuff I was engaging in that were pissed off that God was taking power back. I've watched it over and over and over again. Uh, just a few weeks ago, we had some friends over for dinner. They were moving out West. Love these people. Like from the moment I first saw them, I, I just, I love these people. Like we just talked about that, how you just meet people and you just instantly love them. And there was just something about them. I knew that there was just something about them that I needed to, to receive. And so our, our friend's husband, he looks at me and he's like, going on Michelle and I was like oh you know but I've had all these weird things happen like like these like weird spiritual attacks and if you don't know what spiritual warfare is please look it up <laughs> it's I it, I'm not a crazy person it's this is a real thing this is a real thing that happens to real people all the time and you will start to notice it in your own life the second you start looking into it and so we had a good conversation and uh my heart didn't want them to leave but my mouth kept saying yep see you later bye-bye and they decided they were going to pray for us before they left. And I remember my heart just feeling like whew, relieved that they were going to pray with us before they left. And so they prayed and the husband opens his eyes and he looks me square in the eyes, looks right into my soul. And he says, what is going on over there? And I said, I don't know. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm trembling inside. And I don't know why, like, I don't, I don't feel scared or anything. And he says, cause I'm feeling the holy fire of God. Like I've never felt it. And I was like, okay I don't know what that means <laughs> and he says Michelle I'm gonna pray over you again and he says something might happen just let it come up and I was like okay I was kind of used to this because of you know the coaching that I had taken I was used to things coming up for people emotions coming out for people the body manifesting in certain ways you know whether it be shaking or energetic vomiting or coughing or sneezing or whatever I, I was used to that because I'd been exposed to it so for my body to do that stuff was not a foreign thing to me. What was foreign was my body collapsing on the floor and my heels touching the back of my head. I'm a very flexible person, Whoa. but I'm not that flexible. And like, there was literally like my eyes, I thought they were going to explode out of my head. Oh my. Whatever it was, was coming out. And, and like the stuff I was seeing was just so intense and disgusting and whatever. Uh, and that is called deliverance. It doesn't have to be that violent, but for me, it had to be that violent in order for me to really get it because I'm the type of person, like I need to be hit by a semi truck in real life in order to get stuff. Sometimes <laughs> not saying I'm dense, but sometimes I can be a little bit hard headed about things. Maybe it's the German part of me. I don't know. I'm a little stubborn about things, but it doesn't need to be that, that difficult or that challenging or that painful or excruciating for you or the people around you in order for you to experience deliverance. Now that I understand this and I've been going through and I just shared with Arthur as well, the bondage breaker by Neil T. Anderson, it has shed so much light on what I have been going through and how I can find my freedom. And like I said, you have not experienced freedom until you've experienced it in Christ true freedom so, I, i'm gasping for words here because that's such a powerful story to think about things like that and we don't often it's like we want to hold on until the, something better is coming 
we're still holding on, but holding on over here doesn't allow the better thing to come in fully. Sometimes you need both hands. Yeah. <laughs> I'm experiencing that right now with something that's going on in my life and I'm going, I, I was fighting this. Yeah, but if you let go of that, then what? Then what? And it's been a lot of angst this week for me around that. Yep. And today, sometimes it's very cathartic when you write stuff out and then you really, you look at that and you go, okay, what, is, what does that really mean? How do you really feel about that? What's going on? And I knew, I knew 100% that I had to come from my heart with it, not from my head with it, not from my maybe lack from it, to know that if I come from love and I approach it with love, however it falls out, it falls out and it's gonna be okay. Mm -hmm. because, because God always has my back, always. Yeah, he does. 100% of the time. He's never failed me. As low as I've been in life, but he's never, ever failed me. Ever. And I know he never will. Ever. And so those are the things. I mean, even at my age, I'm decades old here. Seven, <laughs> more than seven decades old. And you think sometimes you would have that wisdom. And you don't always get that wisdom when you want it when you think you should get it. I mean, when, in, in my life, when I get these places of these epiphanies and I go, oh, wow. Yeah, those incredible. are the best. Yeah. And then one day I said, the heck, what are you kidding me? Why did it take so long? And then I went, all right, thank you, God, for giving it to me now mm -hmm. instead of never getting it, mm -hmm. never getting the message. So the message, whenever you get it, be thankful for it and be open to it and allow it to happen. I have gotten messages from people way younger than me and I'm going, how did you understand that? How did you know that? But thanks for sharing it with me because now I have it. Yeah. So it doesn't, age has nothing to do with this. It's irrelevant. It's all irrelevant. Exactly right. It's all irrelevant. So... I am so, this is such a relief for me, this conversation today. It's such a wonderful grand opening of going forward and not having to worry or believe that I don't, I can't mention God, right? I'm noticing a smile there. <laughs> I noticed a smile. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a biggie. You are such a light for me. You were from the first moment we, we met and we chatted. And I know what our purpose is here today. And that's to share this grand, wonderful message for other people to hear because it'll be an opening for other people. And as hard as it may be, I'll just say for some of you that are watching, as hard as it may be for you to maybe take this on or take it in to go, I'm not sure. You can be unsure as you want. You can be whoever you want. I always say you don't have to do anything. There are no shoulds in life. But perhaps if you just take it into your heart for a little bit and feel it here, not here. Don't, don't, don't put it here. Don't put, put it, it in here. your head. Feel it in your heart. Put it here. And 
I promise you, Rochelle promises you, that this will resonate with you. Because love and God is all there is. It is what you were born through and with. And all we've done is learned through so many different things in life to maybe not believe that because we've been hurt in mm -hmm. some way, whatever that hurt is for you. I was talking to a woman the other day and she's been hurt so hard in her life that any, any talk or any speech or, that resembles what she had gone through in her life she views as you're a bad person because mm. that's how hurt she has been. Yeah, she's a victim. Yeah, she's a huge victim. Yep. And, and I pray for her. Yeah. Because now she's almost 50 years old and she's still in that victim, even though she says, I'm, I've been dealing with it, I'm getting rid of it, you know, and all this stuff. I know from any little conversation that has any shades a resemblance to what she went through as a child, you're out of her life. Which is really unfortunate because if I did that to people, like if I would have lived in, in the victim victimhood that I went through, that everyone's a child molester, everyone's a pedophile, everyone's a, you know, a child abuser, I wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation with you. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have friends, I wouldn't be married. I would probably be depressed and living on the street somewhere or I'd be a drug addict, but I didn't want to let any of that stuff rule my life. And that was a choice that I had to make. And it's a choice that we make every day. And for those of you who are listening, being a victim is not a pleasant place to be, but it's also a choice for you to choose if you want to stay there or if you want to grow from there. And it might be painful and that might be very triggering for you to hear that on top of everything that Arthur and I have just shared about. But I want you to know you're not alone. There are people who have been through far worse and there are people who have been through far less, but it doesn't mean that they don't understand or that they don't want to understand. They want to help you. That's why people like Arthur and I are here. We want to help you. We want to have those hard conversations so you can find hope. And I think that's an important conversation. I'd really like you to elaborate on that some more because I, I realize that I have met more women. It seems like I've met more women that have been abused than more women that haven't been abused in some way. Yep. And not only is that sad, but it's really disgusting. It is really disgusting. And you have to understand too, that when it, when those people who are molesting children, those people who are doing disgusting acts to children, you, the thing we have to remember, and this is not condoning this behavior in any, in any way, shape or form, but it had to have happened to those people. They had to have seen it or experienced it to know that that was quote unquote normal behavior right. and the fact that you can think about it from that perspective lets you know how how far back that can go for some people yeah. honestly it's very as you know it's very rampant in our world in our society today people are all focused on the pandemic well <laughs> sorry but my sign says that the real pandemic is child trafficking is. anywhere from 35 to 80,000 children per year go missing in canada alone not to mention the states and nobody sends a search party. 
nobody sends nobody sends people looking for them and then you know suddenly it's in the news that these these bodies were found uh and at an indigenous school nobody talked about the thousands of children's bodies that were found in the vatican last year you didn't hear about that but you're hearing about the you're hearing about the small pieces that are slowly starting to come to light now and it's disgusting what has been allowed to go on. And it doesn't just happen to indigenous. It doesn't just happen to black people. It happens to all kids, all colors, all backgrounds, all ethnicities. It happens to all of us. <laughs> We're not just singled out. It happens to boys and it happens to girls, but it happens more often, I think, to girls because we're, we're more willing to talk about it. For men, it's a shame thing. I think a lot of the time it's a shame thing. I, I'll share something. I, I... I think I've shared this with maybe three people in my life. And, and I don't know if anything happened or nothing happened. Uh, I, I was belong to the Boy Scouts. Yeah. And they would take us to the YMCA for swimming. Mm -hmm. But I didn't understand why we had to be naked when we were swimming. Yep. Exactly. So I don't know if it's something that happened that I shut out completely and don't want to have any re recollection of, uh, and, and maybe nothing happened, but why is that still in my head? Yep, because you know. Still there that that didn't seem right, didn't feel mm -hmm. right, didn't feel right at the time. Sure. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. And that's the other piece. People don't know how to talk about it. Yeah. Like I, I can tell you when I went to tell my mom what was going on, she said she didn't have time for me. And I, I didn't know how to tell her. I was like, how do you, how do you tell your, your mom that this person is touching you inappropriately? How do you, how do you tell her that? I was three years old. I, I barely had the words to tell her I needed a snack. Like I knew how to say I wanted a snack. And how do you, how do you tell your mom? Like, this is what's happening. And when I finally told her, I remember like sh she was horrified. She was horrified. Wow. And, and like, and it, it wasn't, it wasn't even my doing. Yeah. I, I just, I remember it took me, I shut all of that out. It took me until four years ago for all that stuff to come back up. That's a long time to hold on to that. It took 27 years for that to come up for me. That's how long I suppressed it for. And can you imagine there are so many people, you know, even your age or younger than me who have gone through that and who've never talked about it. But when they hear these conversations, something comes to recollection. And as painful as it is, as heartbreaking as it is to know that this has happened to you or to someone that you know, or your loved ones, or your sister, or your brother, or your cousin, or your mom, there, there is light on the other side of it. I'm still living. I'm still breathing. I got a full life. I didn't let that victimhood rule my life. It came back. Oh, did it come back trying with a vengeance? to rule my life, but I said, no, I don't want to go down like that. I don't want to end up sick with cancer. I don't want to end up miserable. I don't want to end up alone. I don't want to end up divorced. I didn't want any of that. I took the time. I did the work. <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's really hard work, but it was worth every minute of it. And if I had to do it all again, I totally would. I'd prefer not to be molested again. The point is, is that I, if I had to go back through processing the trauma again, I would just because it's that worth it to me. It was so worth it. 
And I'm so sorry that that experience happened to you. Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, all of that stuff. People are going to hate on me for saying this. The Catholic Church is full of it. Oh, they full of it. They've been lots of idol tree. Later of people. Yep. It's the beginning of time. We've yeah. covered some really good ground today. I'm really yeah. so pleased with that. I'm just yeah. What's I feel it's so wonderful right now because <laughs> we look at what that reveals about us, what it reveals about the world, mm -hmm. uh, what the help that we can provide mm -hmm. to other people, just not by following me or not by following you, but by yep. following God. Yeah. Right? We're just, I, I say, I'm just, you're just the messenger. I'm just the messenger here. And, and the message is love. Mm -hmm. The message is love 100%. The conversation is always so great, Arthur. <laughs> I, I find it just absolutely fascinating and lovely and uh, enriching. Really Thank enriching. You. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, I just... Do you have some final yeah, words of wisdom? I'll just yeah. Say, I love you. <laughs> Thank you. Love you. And I want you to know that all of you, if you ever see me, first of all, my energy is your is love. So I give you what energy, energetic love I have. I give you a virtual hug. And I want you to know that from me to you, I care. And I can empathize with you because, well, maybe because I've been through a lot. And maybe just because all this energy from Rochelle and other people that I know that are so giving and so compassionate kind of rubs off on me. But I know that all of us can be this way with each other. You can hug, you can hug everybody and anyone because we all want it. I, I, I approach people and sometimes they put out their hand and I say, are you okay to hug? And they go, oh yes, yes, I love hugging and hugging in a good way. Consensual hugging, consensual hugging, consensual let's be clear. <laughs> Because that energy is so powerful. Because yeah. we all like to be hugged. It feels so good. Yeah. Right. I and I implore you all to check in when you hug when you hug your loved ones next. Notice which side you hug on. Do you hug right shoulder to right shoulder or left shoulder to left shoulder? And if you hug right side to right side, try hugging left to left, heart to heart. Yeah, See if it feels different. Most people are right side huggers because it avoids the heart. It protects the heart. So what would happen if you opened your heart? Oh, I love it. <laughs> open heart. 21 days, open heart surgery, 21 days. This is the author of that book. You got to get it, guys. You got to get it. <laughs> so Arthur, how can people reach out to you? How can they connect with you? And where can they order your book? Okay, so go to Amazon. All three of my books are there. If you just Google my name, all three books will come up. So if you Google Arthur Tassinello, and I know Rochelle will have it in there someplace. Yep, it will be in the show notes. You, you won't have to uh, try and figure out how to say or spell my last name. Uh, and, the, and the other way is just Google me at, I mean, Google me, email me at arthur at arthurtassanello.com. So that's the easiest way to reach out. I'm here to help 100%. By the way, so you know, I have a sliding scale. So, and I have a sliding scale because I want to be able to help as many people as I can. I don't want everybody to say, I can't afford that. So whatever you can afford, 
I'm just going to put it out that there that way. I, I, actually, I had it from 70 to 200, right? So you could pick the lower number, but honestly, whatever number is good for you because you need help, because you need help and you need someone to talk to, I will be there for you. Pick a number, call me, buddy blessings. Yes, thank you so much for joining me again, Arthur, and until next time. Yes, I love chatting with you. You could do this whenever you want. Whenever Sounds you want. good. <laughs> Sounds good. Love you. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you.